Hey guys, welcome to Learning with Bell Vista Studios. Kim here with Hannah, and today we are just having a chat. So Hannah writes a lot of our blogs, and quite often she's like, Kim, give me some inspiration or stimulus for a blog. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about something a bit uh, different, but literally I've just read the first draft of the blog, and that Hannah's like finished writing, and so it's really fresh. And I thought, let's jump on and chat about it right now because I think there's a lot of value from it and we've both got energy around it right now because Hannah's about to go to Egypt on holidays for 10 days. So no doubt she will not have this on her mind in the future. Um, but hopefully apply it to your learning solutions, Hannah. <laughs> um, so today we are talking about something that we try to strive to do ourselves is to look in across different industries and what's happening out in the world especially getting people's attention um, and how we can learn from that and apply it to our instructional design and the solutions that we create so one of the things like we tossed around a few ideas and they're potentially going to be future blogs but one of the <laughs> things that we uh, had as an idea and which I was really curious to learn about and Hannah's like the expert kind of go off and put whatever happens up here into like something that makes sense. And I suppose it comes from both, like you've got a psychology background and I, we're just curious about humans and what makes people tick and get them motivated. So the topic we're going to chat about today and the, what the blog theme is, is basically the hype around the Super Bowl, um, which is American football, NFL, what makes so many people anticipate that event every year and then more importantly what makes them anticipate the commercials that happen and which is really weird and we'll talk about that now in a second but it's a bit of a an interesting thing to discover um so yeah hannah's fresh off the press blog is sitting in my <laughs> inbox to uh like have a proofread of and stuff but yeah what an initial kind of reaction for what you've been writing, what comes up for you? Uh, yeah, it was just interesting because when you said the Super Bowl, I obviously knew what it was instantly, straight away, and thought it is so interesting that so many people know about it and it is such like a global known thing. And the game obviously is something everyone wants to watch, but it's so interesting that it's also the commercials because when you think about commercials, people generally hate them. <laughs> They're annoying yeah. and they like, stop you from what you're watching or listening to and most of the time people don't want to see them but there's something about the Super Bowl where people actually look forward to the commercials which is really weird. I find that hard to understand. Um, it's interesting. I, I had a friend come over and I thought I'd ask her, like before I started I thought I'd say like what what do you think about the Super Bowl? Like what comes to mind when you think of it? And the first thing she said was, oh, I love the commercials. Have you seen this commercial? And she got on YouTube and started showing me all these commercials. <laughs> I thought, how cool is that? That someone is actually excited about commercials and wants to show them to other people and talk about them. That well, just blew my mind. So, yeah, I find it very interesting. Yeah, because when I think about Super Bowl, definitely commercials come to mind, like Tom Brady, like those rings, like the games. I wouldn't even know how to – I'd name some of the teams, but, like, not all of them. Don't really understand the game. It's very long. Um, but yeah. yeah, like definitely it's the halftime show and the commercials and like yes. me personally, I will go and YouTube them afterwards to observe and like look at them 
And I'm curious, like, what were the 10, top 10 commercial Super, uh, Super Bowl ads of whatever year? So, yeah, it, yeah, it's interesting that I have that curiosity around it. And, like, I'm not a TV watcher either. So, for me to go out of my way to go and watch commercials yeah. is random. So um, interesting. So, what did you discover? Well, yeah, that was the thing. It was interesting. You'd think it would just be the game, but I found, because I was th- this was my initial research, I was thinking, is it because everyone's watching the game they happen to watch the commercials? Mm. Is that the reason why? But the more I researched, I ended up finding statistics that said that people would be disappointed. So it was, I think it was 56% of people would be disappointed if it was ad-free. What? So it just shows it's not just the game, it's the commercials. So then it was then that I sort of went, okay, what is it actually about the commercials? Yes, there are 100 million people watching them, so obviously they're going to be viewed. But what is it about the commercials that makes people actually excited for them and talk about them and want to see them? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's where my research started, and I was just looking through the different ads and trying to pick out what was it about them that made them stand out from other ads. Okay, so talk to me then about some ads that you watched and what what was your reaction to them? Um, so I watched quite a few. Was, they were all very different. So they all had something surprising about them. So I think that was the thing. There was always something that was like, oh, my gosh, whether it was made you feel sad or it was really funny. Um, it was always something that stood out. It wasn't just like the normal sort of commercial you would see. Yeah. Um, so emotion, it like it pulled yeah. on your emotion in some way. Yeah, it was just really different. And I think it is because companies obviously pay so much money to air their commercial. So it's millions and millions of dollars to have 30 seconds of their commercial shown. So I think the pressure to capture attention in that short period of time is so intense that they just have to do something different. Mm. Um, and I think the first thing that I noticed was a lot of the time the ads were relevant to something happening in society at the time. Okay. So whether it was a TV show that's really popular. So one of the commercials I saw, I think it might've been this year's Super Bowl or last year's, um, was Game of Thrones. So the top commercial that everyone was talking about was Game of Thrones themed. And I thought that is so interesting because everyone loves, well, not everyone, but a lot of people watch Game of Thrones and it is, everyone knows about it. Yeah. Um, so I thought that's so interesting that companies knew to pull on something that people are already passionate about um, that's or cool. know about. It's so, interesting, yeah. actually, um, because we are doing instructional design for an induction at the moment and they've given us their existing content. Many They do all the states in Australia, so they're trying to streamline it and improve it from an instructional design perspective. And in there, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I do know the meme was you know that guy and he's like got this big coat on him and it's like winter is coming and like they actually have met turned that into their own little hr meme for the session so like one of their slides is literally that um okay yeah which actually pulls me on to like i worked on a project before where what we did was create memes for call center staff so that because memes were really new and trending a couple of years ago and everyone they were novel and so what we did was like the demographic was kind of people that would be into memes and we created memes because there's a free meme generator on the internet there is many of them and they have like those common images that you would see and what we did was take take kind of the piss on 
their job like so the call center and be like oh, I don't cool. know I can't think of any examples right now but we would say like <laughs> on hold wait times or something like that and just the common yeah. kind of reoccurring questions that they might answer over and over for the same uh for each different customer they talk they talk to yeah, so but the cool. impact of that in the workplace because what they did was send them out sporadically so it was a bit of a campaign to improve customer service and show empathy to the customer was actually the training intent um but yeah people loved the memes and they were talking about it outside of the learning experience so, that was really cool. Cool. so yes I love the whole picking something trendy and making it novel yeah. I think that's really cool it reminds me as well like us the girls I live with in my flat we're mm. always sharing memes with each other really and it's always like yeah always like we tag each other in memes and it's always something that's say like relevant to our life or relevant to something we've been doing and it is it's so ingrained in society meme culture for especially the younger generations. So I think you're right. Like that's so cool to incorporate something like that into learning. Yeah. And I think it does take a bit of creativity because you've got to figure out a way that you can put content that could usually be quite, I don't know, like compliance or whatever. Making that into a meme can be quite a creative process. But I think if you can get it right, it's so effective. Yeah. Actually, that was another part of the project was we encourage the learners to create their own memes and send them oh, out. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. What else did you so, discover? Yeah, another, another thing with that that I um, noticed was it was, so meme culture was one as that came up, but also um, sort of controversy or conversational topics that were happening in society. Yeah. Um, there was a, an example, Airbnb. They, they, I couldn't believe it, but they designed their ad nine days before the Super Bowl. That's how last minute it was because they'd realised that there was a conversational topic out in society and they're like, we need to leverage that. Wow. So I think it was it was about refugees. So there was controversy about refugees. So they created an ad that was about including everyone and, like, no matter who you are, what your nationality is, like, you're welcome to come stay at our Airbnb houses and everyone's welcome in our homes. And they did really, really well from that because they pulled on something that was so prominent in society that everyone was talking about. Wow. And I thought that was really interesting as well. And to take the risk of designing it nine days before the Super Bowl, it just shows how important it is to understand who your viewers are, what they're talking about, what their interests are, and use that in the way you design something. I was like, that's really cool. That is so cool. And I, I think for that, you know, like that's really what we try to promote and talk a lot about you know on Instagram and in previous blogs is putting the user at the heart of your design and really understanding who you are creating your training for so empathizing with them and it's things like design thinking or human-centered design that allow you to really understand by using personas and such tools like that to really what is going on for them not us as a learning team saying this is what you need to know but asking them what's important to them why do they care and then trickling that through the messaging as well yeah definitely i think that's so important how do you think for our projects we like we can accomplish that or other people in the learning and development industry can really understand what's important to our audience i think you have to talk to people um you know like 
planning a project, whether you're building a, a construction, like a big building, a house, yeah. if you're going to do your shopping, you have to plan, you know, yeah. everything involves yeah, so planning. True. How many days am I going to be at home this week? You know, what meals am I going to yeah. cook? Who's going to be home what night? What if that person doesn't like pasta? So you have to plan yeah. and put effort into it before you go do what actually it is you're going to do, in this case, the shopping, yeah. you know. And yeah. it's understanding what's actually needed because otherwise you spend a lot of money on food that doesn't get eaten and is wasted or you get food that yeah. people don't like. Um, That's so true, yeah. So it is about we plan in life. We have to plan for our learning solutions. And a couple of ways that you can do that, and I was talking to a new client this morning, is, um, you know, you can – go do workshops where it's a really complex thing to try and understand their world. Cause a lot of people have what's tacit knowledge and it's like, well, what if that person leaves, how do we carry on that stuff in our organization? Yeah. You can interview people, you can observe people, you know, you can yeah. get them go to their training, but just ask questions, you know, why is this important? What are the consequences of not doing this? How does it help you be better in your role? What do you find useful? What resources exist? And just, yeah, you, yeah, you've got to go talk to the end user and understand their role, yeah. understand their life. And I think, you know, it's really important to start influencing your client and your stakeholders of why that's important because SME yeah. heavy content and training isn't as effective, you know, it's coming from the wrong lens. It's coming from the wrong perspective, teaching them mm. probably more nice to know because you're so emotionally connected to the content or the manual or the policy that you've created for the organization. You think mm. they must know everything, but what is it they actually need to know? And until you understand their world, you won't know that. That's so true. Mm. I think it is like what you're saying. You just have to think about your end user. And I think for in our industry, for designers, it can be really easy to get caught up into what you're designing and staying in your own little world at your desk, at your computer, and not really considering what's important for the end user. I know sometimes I can be designing and think, oh my God, this is amazing. This looks really cool. And I get like way too ahead of with it. And then you'll say, okay, we need to think about, is it actually going to be valuable to the end user? And I think because we have those conversations all the time, we can really change the way we design things. So it yeah. suits them. And I think, so yeah, it's so weird how it all connects with the commercials. Yeah. Yeah. It is aligned. And which is interesting that they were able to pull it together so quickly as well. You know, like to do it nine days before means that they really understood the why and yeah. were able to get the, understood the need of the end user, which is the viewers yeah. or the, the people that would see it. And to be able to pull it together so quickly and spend that much money knew, you would have to think that they knew it was mm. going to be successful. Because Definitely. they understood what was yeah. happening in the world, what people were talking about at dinner tables, what people were talking about yeah. through social media, um, what's happening in the news and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's topical, which is cool. It's very cool. I love it. <laughs> do you think it is, because they did it so last minute, do you think it is worth if you have designed something and say it's 
not far off from being launched and you discover something really important, mm. do you think it is worth adjusting it? Like, how would you go about that process if you designed something and sort of had this big realization about something that could be amazing to include? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think a few things come to mind, like project management training taught me that, you know, stick to the facts and, you know, it's okay yeah. to say no, to put things on hold, to pause things, to stop things. Um, it's yeah. continuous improvement as well, you know. I think you've got to look at the return versus effort. So yeah. is the and effort we're going to put point. in here going to be worth it and validate potentially as well like validate that change is so important what's the evidence that is telling us that it is really important is it because we as a team are attached to it or is it because like this we know it's going to lead to more sales which is what the commercials are about um or we know it's going to have a bigger impact if people do this thing differently and i think what you need to do is check yourself as a learning designer because we get so emotionally attached to the, the work that we're producing through the instructional yeah. design. And that's why like our process of, you know, one person does the instructional design, then it's a peer reviews it and really challenges if this need to know, nice to know, how does this actually meet your intent that you've said is yeah. the objective of the training solution. And so it's about, being able to pull yourself out of that emotional state and how you feel of your pride. And, you know, you might've wasted lots of money as well on a commercial like that. And you're like, Oh fuck, we've got it wrong. But you know, (laughs) like it's okay to, to make mistakes as well and to readjust. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It's better to fix them than cover it up and hope that it'll all be fine. Mm. Yeah. It's all going to add value. Like the, it's all about adding value at the end of the day. The training needs to add value. The ad needs to add value. The change needs to add value. If the value that it adds isn't enough for the effort or the money or whatever it is that you invest to get it in, then that's like a good way of gauging how important it is. I'm sure there's lots of models out there that you can use, but nothing's coming to (laughs) mind right now. I think for like it's good because I know you do it with me. For every decision that we make, we need to ask ourselves: Is it going to add value to do that? Yeah. And I love that because often I can get caught thinking, "Oh, what should I do in this situation?" But that question, it's so good because <laughs> well, it helps you think like how much value is it going to add, and is it going to be worth doing it? And if it adds value, I feel like it is generally worth doing it. Yeah, and like you messaged yeah. and said, the the blogs at nine hundred dollars or nine hundred words. Oh yeah, that's uh, a good example. I was like, it doesn't matter as long as it adds value, you know, like so. It no, doesn't like, matter. Like, does it add value? I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking about. Yeah. It's also valuable. <laughs> Read it, people, when yeah. it comes out. <laughs> what else did you discover, or what's coming up for you around this? So the other thing that I found after that was the concept of novelty. Mm. So I feel like novelty really captures people's attention and it is ingrained in us as humans that if we see something that's different or unusual or not what we're used to, we will direct our attention towards it. Yeah. And I used an example in the blog, like if you were out on the street and there was a guy in a gorilla costume, <laughs> you're probably going to look at him. <laughs> like you'll probably be like, 
what the hell is that? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. You've got to look. Your attention is going to be captured because it's not something you're used to seeing. Um, and I think a lot of the commercials really harness that. So the companies knew that humans are attracted to that. And a lot of the commercials were weird, a bit wacky. Um, and an example, like I knew this out already before I ever wrote this blog. I remember when it aired, I think it was three years ago. But it's um, sausage dogs wearing hot dog outfits. And that's super <laughs> random. But it's super funny as well. But yeah. it, the whole ad of these sausage dogs running across the grass with these hot dog costumes on, that's super novel. And I remembered it from three years ago. Like, I remember being like, oh, my God, that's so funny. That's interesting. Okay, the question now is what was the ad for? <laughs> Can you remember that? Yeah, it was for Heinz sauce bottles. Ah, the pe- there was like people at the other end and they were dressed as the sauce bottles. Oh, I remember that ad now, yeah. Outfits, and they're like running towards the sauce. <laughs> they were like the perfect um, partners. That's um, cute. So, yeah, I think that's an example of something really novel. It's out of the ordinary and people are going to look at that because it's so random. <laughs> well, also <laughs> what you've just proved there is that was effective because a lot of the time yeah. I can't now I vaguely remember that ad, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what it was for. But it's really okay. interesting that you were able to pick up and go, yeah, it was for the sauce, you know. So yeah. that's that is effective. It works. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's an interesting like point, which I don't know the answer to. But it's like you can do something novel and out there, but what's it going to be remembered for? You know, like sometimes you see yeah, like that's... e-learning. Oh god, I hate when they do it. It's like. <laughs> You, they do a random interaction that probably took a long time to develop, but it has no impact on doing the task or the thing that people are meant to walk away doing differently. So what it might teach them is how to move your mouse really quickly or how to like click, like this is bad gamification, how to <laughs> like move the arrows and press keys on your keyboard really quickly. But unless being a faster yeah. typer is the the change in behavior you want to see then that's ineffective novelty in my opinion yeah i totally agree i have seen a lot of that where e-learning incorporates games that are fun and gets people interested and they're like into it engaged but they're not like what's the point of them being engaged if you're not sharing information that they need Mm. or they're not getting anything at the end of it um so, yeah, I think it's a very – there's a way you have to do it where you incorporate novelty, but the novelty teaches someone something that they need to know. Well, actually, that reminds me of a project that we worked on, um, which was – what was the intent? So it was about knowing the different parts of the business, which people always want to, like, break down silos and stuff and show us an org chart. It fucking changes all the time. So, And it's not actually what people don't care and look at it and go, oh, look, environment and sustainability department, what do they do? Um, so what we needed to do was show there was a, a barrier between leaders and staff members, staff members not talking up and speaking up to leaders because they viewed them yeah. in hierarchy um, they were too timid to do it, all these kinds of things around communication. So what we identified needed to happen was we needed to humanize the leaders and show that they are just like us, everyday workers, no matter what part of the business yeah. you're in, at the end of the day, they're a human. 
So the yeah. thing that we did, and we have one for the team as well, so you guys can check it out on Instagram and YouTube, but uh, it was basically <laughs> 10 questions to uh, get to know the person. And so yeah. we didn't tell the leader. So these were executives. They were like the general manager. So like at the top tier of the organization to humanize them, we asked them a set of random questions that they hadn't come across before. And we just had a camera set up and we said, stand there. We're just going to quickly fire questions at you to really show what you're about as a human. And so we asked questions like, okay, what's your favorite TV show at the moment? What's a book you're reading? What's the best advice you ever had? What's the tip for someone in this organization? Um, what do you do at the weekend? You know, different things like that. Do you drink beer? Do you drink wine? Random things to show these are the common things that a human does in general. Um, And like fondest childhood memory and stuff like that, which was really cool because first of all, they don't know what's coming at them. So they get really nervous um, and you see (laughs) that on camera. And, but then when they talk about, oh, my favorite childhood memory, they're like, I have a brother and a sister and I used to go camping with them and we'd go kayaking and this one time da, 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 happened, oh. you know, and what it created the opportunity for was you get to see these people kind of break down their barriers, get out of their suits and ties and like that professional look and feel and show that they are a human at the end of the day so that the next yeah. time you're in a meeting or you're presenting to them or you're in the lift with them, you can go, Hey, yeah. I saw your video, you know, we used to go camping as kids as well. Like, where did you go? So that you could start to build that relationship and that rapport. Um, So, yeah, Yeah, I thought that that was a cool novel idea for that. Yeah, like it would seem novel and people may think, why am I listening to these random answers to questions? But the overall intent was bringing leaders and team members together. That's awesome. It's like a hidden intent. It's like your secret. Yeah, like, it's a secret <laughs> mission. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. What else? Um, what was some of the other ones? Um, there was one that really stood out to me because I can completely relate. Okay. And I think a lot of people I know can relate. <laughs> um, and it's called FOMO. Have you heard of FOMO? Oh, I'd be sad if I didn't know and then I found out. But yes, I have heard of FOMO. But would you please explain you it for anyone? Yeah. We have a friend okay. that we always say know. is like, a, you're like a FOMO. <laughs> she like can't go by in life. She like needs, yeah, she has definite FOMO. But yeah, please explain yeah, okay. what the acronym stands for. <laughs> so for everyone who doesn't know what FOMO is, FOMO is fear of missing out. So it's when, say, your friends or family or other people in your social circle are all doing something. If you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm not there, I'm missing out, what if they have a good time without me, what if they all get really close and then I'm not part of the group, basically it's a fear of not being where everyone else is and not doing what everyone else is doing. And I think that's definitely a psychological thing that we've all had Mm. ingrained in us from the very start of time wanting to connect with others and feeling part of the tribe. So FOMO is definitely a real thing. And yeah, I've definitely had it. I have friends that have it. And over here in London, everyone's just out doing things all the time because everyone gets FOMO and wants to do <laughs> what everyone else is doing. Um, and I saw a really strong connection to the Super Bowl. So I thought there's millions of people that watch the Super Bowl. So 100 million people each year watch the Super Bowl. 
And I was thinking, if that many people are watching it, if everyone in your circle is watching it, you're going to feel the need to watch it as well. Mm. And that was just something I was thinking about. I wonder if the fact that it's so popular that everyone feels like they need to watch it and it's sort of become this thing that people don't want to miss out on and they want to watch the ads because what if everyone at work is talking about how funny the one that one ad was or yeah. how that emotional, like people don't want to miss out on what everyone else is watching. And I just thought, how could that relate to what we design and how could we create FOMO? Oh my god. Have you got any ideas? Um, so I would love to hear your perspective, but what came to mind for me was thinking about I know if I got a learning solution and the people that were important to me in my team, so my leader and the others in my team, if they weren't completing it or weren't interested in completing it or didn't want to complete it, my motivation levels would completely go down because I would think, what's the point of me doing it? Everyone around me that's important isn't doing it and they're not interested, so why should I? So then from there, I thought, how could we make sure that when people get learning solutions, others are doing it? And I think a big part of it is the leaders. So I think we need to ensure that leaders are on board with our learning solutions because mm. I know in not all cases leaders are looked up to, but in many cases if people look up to their leader and their leader sets the tone for their team, if the leader's completing it, telling other people they should do it, saying it's good, then I think that can have quite a big impact. Yeah. So, yeah, it just made me think I think we need to get leaders and even champions of change, so people that are influential in the organisation, get them on board first before we release learning experiences that's so interesting when you say that because i think we speak to a lot of clients that say you know oh i need to get the leaders on board like that's and and we run workshops and team members say we need the leaders on board and nothing's gonna change you know when we're doing this so it's always coming up just do it is what i think needs to happen um like we always talk about champions of change leaders like nothing's going to happen unless they do it like as like with your planning get on to it and make it happen yeah um so do you think it's our responsibility to so if we have a client and we design a project for a client so there'd be people out there listening to this video mm. who have a client they're designing a learning project do you think it's their responsibility to get the leaders on board for that organization or how would they manage that interaction with the client to make sure that happens i think it's definitely our responsibility to have the conversation and try and yeah. influence that to happen um you know there's the whole like is it part of the scope of the project so that we as a vendor would take on that responsibility and start doing change yeah. management practices um or is it better that the in-house team are going to be better placed to influence but as a learning designer, no matter who you are, you should be having that conversation because if you're trying to solve the problem, it's not just the band-aid of a training solution. It's a bigger cultural thing that needs to shift. Yeah. And yeah, so we should be definitely trying to influence and having those conversations. Yeah. Do you have tips on how to start those sort of conversations for people that are listening? Mm, if they find it good hard question. or from your experience? I think it is hard to have that. Like we try to influence clients all the time with stuff like that and say, you know, nothing's going to happen or that's a cultural issue. So that needs to shift. And I think it's hard because sometimes you're a reactive team. So you're just getting orders from above of what you need to do. 
you might see that yeah. it's very hard to do so you just like that can be very overwhelming or demotivating this is the way we've always done it it hasn't worked in the past things like that but I think just start having the conversation sharing collateral yeah. within your team and to the the right people as well and by collateral I mean like blogs that talk about that sort of stuff and um, podcasts things that you can start lifting your own L&D kind of um craft you know your professional development and with that yeah. around you so that it starts to become your vernacular your like common language that you guys use in the team yeah. because the more yeah. you start to it's just how things get trendy but that's how you make yeah, them trendy so true, in yeah. your like uh in your team you know what i mean like make i don't know like for a while micro learning was trending so why is it not leaders and them having the buy-in and championing things why isn't that the trendy thing but I think we yeah. need to talk about it and the first time it'll go Whoop, see you later we yeah. heard you we don't actually get what you're talking about <laughs> and <are> you... <laughs> what happens with us is normally that is the case unless we have yeah. uh, certain clients that are a bit more progressive in what they're trying to achieve or they they already speak the same language as us and then they go yes that's exactly what we need you know yeah so a bit more aligned there but what I always find is by having the conversation you give an insight and you open the opportunity for that to be a possibility in the future yeah love it mm. very good advice Kim oh thanks love mate <laughs> well I love the stuff <laughs> that you're sharing and I think uh, I was gonna say something on the FOMO stuff now oh yeah it reminds me of um you did a blog a while ago about marketing and so FOMO and having people talk about stuff needs to happen before the learning event so therefore if it's an e-learning if it's a face-to-face -face training how are you doing change management and thinking like a brand product manager or promotions person or marketing person to create hype before the event actually happens because that's where the FOMO yeah, comes wow. in you know you see posters around the workplace you start hearing yeah. acronyms you get the emails or the things popping up um to start yeah. creating that stir around it and then people are anticipating yeah. the training event and then it's like oh it's out mm. have you done it yet oh my god look what this like it's so cool you got to do yeah. it you know and obviously your training yeah. needs to be effective and actually add value otherwise people are like oh that crazy thing that they had all this hype about is actually shit don't worry about it like just yeah. click next yeah. and get out of there but I think yeah like there's lots of stuff out there around how you can think like a marketer um yeah. create a brand around the learning event and yeah. basically have people anticipating what it is and there's things like storytelling so there's a book that I've started reading at the moment called Storynomics um, is something that I'd recommend I think also you can do your own research by looking at you know what are the things that you anticipate in life and why do you anticipate them yeah, and wow. what can you pull from that to start implementing look outside your world of L&D look to the world around you why are you motivated yeah. why are you anticipating this what is it about it start questioning things in the world around you and why how you tick as a human to better understand yourself yeah, and therefore that. the other people um, and then just start practicing because 
you don't always get it right and some p th things work and some don't but just experiment yeah yeah cool it reminds me i was like when i was looking at the super bowl research they were talking about whether some companies do it and some companies don't but mm. some companies would release their ad before the day of the super bowl Ooh. on youtube so yeah this i think they're still trying to figure out the more like the most research i saw was saying it was better to release it early um because if you released on youtube early everyone wants to see the super bowl commercials so people will see it before the super bowl and then say they're at a party or they're watching it with family and friends they're likely to tell those people oh, oh i saw this great ad they're going to show it today and the generation of discussion starts before the ad even shows brilliant so that was interesting but then there was another side saying if you let it out before the super bowl it won't have the wow factor of seeing it for the first time um so yeah, there was sort of a bit of controversy around what's the best way to do it, mm. which I found interesting. But I think, yeah, I think it was steered more towards releasing it early to get people familiar with it and they want to show their friends, oh, there was this awesome ad I saw. It's going to show and to have people to have that connection to it before it shows. But yeah, what you're saying, I'm like, that sounds so similar yeah, to what they'll do. Like that That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Oh, I love this topic, actually. There was a lot that came from what we can learn from the Super Bowl. Really cool. um, do you have any final kind of things you want to share on it before we wrap um, up? So the last other topic that I like, the topic that I picked up on that was consistent across ads was the use of storytelling. Oh, yeah. So I know we do it quite often with our learning solutions through scenarios and comics, um, but a lot of the really good ads that captured attention told a story. Mm. Um so, yeah, I guess that was the other thing, the importance of storytelling and how people are drawn to the stories and how it um, brings out their emotions. And when your emotions are activated, you're more likely to remember things. So, yeah, um, yeah. but what companies were focusing on when they're doing storytelling, they weren't just telling any story. They were making sure that the story that they told suited the consumer. So whatever the consumer's interests are, they made sure that the story aligned with that. So... Say, for example, we were designing a learning solution for zookeepers. Mm. We'd need to make sure that our story, the purpose of it or the intent of it, somehow connected to their love of animals. So that was mm. the important thing, making the story interesting, but also connecting it to the end user, making sure it's meaningful for them. Yeah. And I think all of the things that you've spoken about, the novelty, the FOMO, um, what was the first one? <laughs> the uh, storytelling and trends yeah well i think trends they're all just components of telling a good story um, yeah it really is isn't it i have one question before we finish up do you know did you see in your data uh did the companies actually sell more products as a result of their ad was the investment worth it um, from what I saw, yes. Like I didn't focus on just that, but yeah. there was data to say that sales had gone up by yeah. percentages. Yeah. So I think you would hope so as well because companies are spending millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. So if they're continually putting their ads up on the Super Bowl, you would hope that they're getting return of investment from it. Yeah, and I suppose um, that is transferable to you know that change in behaviour is happening in the role, um, back in the yeah. workplace. And then over a sustained period of time, they are perhaps purchasing that product every so often and hopefully yeah, yeah. in the workplace implementing it as time goes on as well. Yeah, definitely. Even if it's like, I think it can be an unconscious thing. Even if you mm. think from seeing an ad, you're not going to buy their product. 
there is a chance unconsciously you'll pick their brand just from the memory in your mind of seeing something to do with it. I think there was an article talking about, there was a Super Bowl ad and it was like this sexy woman, like showing this cleaning product to a man in his house or something. Mm. Uh, And they were saying like, it's likely that people that saw it, people found it really funny. If they were going to go to the shops and get a cleaning product, they'll probably be like, oh, even if they don't think of it, they might grab that brand from the memory of that ad. So I think it would, even if it did subconsciously, I think people would be more inclined to buy a product if they enjoyed the ad. Yeah. Very cool. Do you think you buy products if you enjoy someone's advertising? Oh, I I think I work a bit interesting. Like, so I'm not a brand whore, <laughs> but uh, my boyfriend actually, definitely like, is. No, my boyfriend does. So it's so funny. Like if we go into the shops and he will, if he knows someone that's told him about a product or if the packaging is good, he's like there. I'm like 10 bucks for like a fucking toothbrush. No way, mate. Like just get the, the like. The home the brand product. one, you know, it does the same yeah. job. So I'm a functional kind of practical buyer, but I yeah. definitely <laughs> see people being influenced around me. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Um, I think I'm more influenced, probably not ads, but influence if people around me enjoy your product. Yeah. So it's word of mouth for me. If people are like, I don't know, wearing a brand of clothing and I always think it looks good or they're talking about how great a drink is that they have, I would that would make me want to have it. So that's interesting as well, how to get word of mouth out about our learning solution, Mm. how to get people talking about it. And I think the strategies are talking about with the commercials. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think potentially people could be talking about it if you did it right. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, thank you. Um, So, yeah, like this is all this discussion has come from basically – why don't we do a vlog on how the Super Bowl (laughs) works and what we can learn. And literally Hannah's just finished writing her draft. Um, So we thought while we've got the energy, let's like chat about it. And while we're kind of high vibing on how we can apply it to our own e-learning and instructional design solutions, um, which I think, I think this conversation has added a lot of value, like through the examples and hopefully the practical tips Mm. that we've shared and we encourage you to just start experimenting because we experiment yeah. all the time in our projects. Um, and thank you clients for letting us do that. Yeah. Um, but like you, that you can find better ways. And I think by having conversations yeah. like this and listening to things like this, you can spark inspiration for the solutions that you're working on. So I do encourage you actually to let us know if you do experiment as a result of the conversation that we've had and how it went for you. Uh, We would love to hear, you know, how this has added value and what you tried. And if it failed, awesome, uh, because you can learn from it. And if it went awesome, also awesome. So please do share in the comments. But thank you, everybody, for listening to our podcast. Uh, This is half of the Bell Vista Studios team. The other two are off gallivanting at the moment. Um, One is on their way back to Australia, I believe. Yay, I get to see her soon. Um, But, yeah, thank you for listening or watching. And this has been Learning with Bell Vista Studios, and we hope you learned with us too. Bye. Awesome. Thanks. Bye.